Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. You're listening to Full-Time Fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo today here for one more hour Taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88. Catch all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. And if you're ready to draft in football, get on over to playffwc.com. We got one spot left in a starter slow best ball draft. Four hour clock, 24 rounds, $35. So the next person who signs up, it will kick off. You'll get your draft order and you'll be on the clock. We got three spots left in a new dynasty startup. That's a six-hour clock. So once we get those three spots filled, that will take off. And there's other dynasty startup drafts, different price points. We got best ball drafts, online championship slow drafts, and it is made badness. So come over and put your deposit down for the world championships, whether you're going to be live in Vegas at the Palms. I'll be there first weekend of the football season. It's a fun time. If you've never been out there, I start – I recommend start looking into plans and, and get out there. It's really a good time. We draft, drink, eat, have a lot of fun, watch football together. It's really a good time. And been there the last two years. And uh, one of the things I look forward to every year, a little bit different watching football out on the West Coast, a little bit of an adjustment, but such a, a fun time that whole weekend. So you can get in a draft today. Head on over to playffwc.com and become a member of fulltimefantasy.com today. My weekly stock watch is up, looking at players that are on the rise and on the decline and what you should do. You know, sometimes if the stock is down, it just means you got to stay patient and hold on. Other times it might be time to part ways. Uh, And other times you can buy low. So you can check out that article. We got the week seven closer report, closer depth chart and bullpen updates from Sean Childs and some dynasty profiles. I'll look at Damian Harris, Nikhil Harry. So you can check those out. Any questions you have, you can ask them on the message boards and forums. And, of course, fulltimefantasy.com slash DFS if you're trying to make some money for baseball. The guys have been on fire. We got an optimizer and Slack chat leading up to lineup blocks. So, so many ways for you to learn to become better players and make money in the process. So check us out. MikeFloriofantrax.com will join me in the next segment. We do have some afternoon baseball going on right now. Three games are going on, and uh, it looks like they're going to try and play the Giants-Rockies game in Colorado. Remember, it got canceled yesterday. It's kind of cold there, 35 degrees, but it looks like they're going to try and play that one. The Angels lead the Tigers 6 to nothing. As I mentioned, Albert Pujols with a home run, his sixth of the year, also his 2,000th RBI of his career, so congratulations to him. And Tommy LaStella with another home run. He missed some time. He was hurting. I think it was was that a hamstring injury because I had to cut him over the weekend, unfortunately. I wanted to hold on, but just needed 
I have all injuries on the bench, and I couldn't go with a zero. Needed someone active, but well, Stella's shown some uh, surprising power this year. Eight home runs is hitting ninth in the order today. Shohei Otani with two hits. He's two for two with an RBI. And Felix Pena uh, going after the opener today. And Pena is someone I talked about before the year. And we talked about him on a couple of DFS slates. You know, he's pretty intriguing. Uh, three innings today. No hits, no runs, no walks. Three Ks. And especially if they're going to use the opener, you know, sometimes that's a benefit. So now he's in a spot where he can get a win. He doesn't even need to go five innings. They got a 6 nothing lead. So... He's in a good spot now. He's only thrown 32 pitches, uh, so he's in a he can go a little bit deeper today. But he's he's in a spot now where he can get a win here as long as he doesn't implode. He's got a 3.64 ERA, so definitely think he's an intriguing arm in 15 team leagues. And talked about him in the preseason right before the year, and then he got off to the slow start. But he's really starting to pitch well uh, for the Tigers. Uh, hits for Miguel Cabrera, and Nico Goodrum, but the Angels lead this game six nothing going to the top of the fifth inning. Uh, Tigers still have a decent record considering that they have not been hitting. They've been getting some pretty good pitching, uh, but they've really struggled uh, pretty much after the five spot in the lineup from five on down. It's pretty bad. Looks like we got a rain delay in Cleveland. Uh, they lead the White Sox five to nothing. Uh, and it's this uh, could be a tough break depending on how long the delay is for Carlos Carrasco owners because this guy is cruising. Now he has gone five innings. So that's the good thing. He's still in line for a win. Five innings, no runs, two hits, no walks, and six strikeouts, but just 63 pitches. I mean, this could have been a potential complete game for him. Now it's going to depend on how long the rain delay is, but at least he's in line for the win if the Indians could hold on. Jordan Luplow with two home runs today, uh, two for three with two runs and two RBIs for him. Francisco Lindor has also driven in a run as well as the catcher Perez for the Indians. Meanwhile, Manny Banuelos really struggling today. Four and a third innings, eight hits, five runs, five walks, five Ks, and has also allowed two home runs. Jose Abreu and Yonder Alonso, the only hits for the White Sox. Abreu's had a really nice year, nice bounce-back year for him. I think last year clearly was kind of health-related, but he's bounced back and uh, put up some pretty good numbers for his fantasy owners so far. And the other game going on this afternoon it is the top of the third inning. The Red Hat Cubs, they lead the Marlins 2 to nothing in this game. Chris Bryant with his seventh home run. Man, just two, three weeks ago, people were like, what's wrong with Chris Bryant? What a disappointment. Now, all of a sudden, the OBP at 386, slugging at 524, and he's got seven homers and 24 RBIs. So just like that. And that's why with a lot of these players, you just got to stay patient. Sometimes it's... Just a slow start. It's cold weather. It's a lot of numerous factors. But as long as there's no injury that they're hiding and trying to play through, a lot of times uh, they're going to be productive. You Darvish today, good start for him so far. And again, it's the Marlins. you got to dominate this lineup if you do, you're do, you Darvish. And even if he does have a dominating, to me, it doesn't mean anything because he just had shown no consistency to throw strikes. Uh, two and a third innings today. He's got five strikeouts. That's not been the problem for him this year. He's been getting the strikeouts. He's walked two. He's got 45 pitches here in the top of the third with one out. So, again, he's still on a pace where he's probably not going to go very deep in this game. But this is a Marlins lineup that you got to dominate. I'm sorry. Uh, you got to go at least. You should go six innings here. They are stealing some bases. Walker has a steal. Herrera has a steal as well for the Marlins. It says, uh, 
Again, the Cubs just uh, red hot right now. Uh, they are now 21-13. and 13. They got off to a real poor start, but their pitching has been good. Lester has uh, an ERA under two. Quintana has been good. Kyle Hendricks, after a slow starts, picked it up. He had eight solid innings yesterday. So uh, they are starting to play better baseball. And uh, they are about to get underway in Colorado uh, with the Giants and the Rockies. Reds and A's start at 3.37 p.m. So we'll get you updates as they occur in those games. Uh, but yesterday we saw a big performance from Jorge Polanco. And anyone who's kind of followed me over the years know how much I like Jorge Polanco a lot. In fact, last year he was someone in our preseason pro picks. I remember him being my A-only sleeper. And then all of a sudden he had this suspension and had to take him off that list. Uh, but Polanco was someone that was even cheaper this year. I've mentioned continuously how the shortstop position was so deep, but I do have Polanco in at least three leagues. I kind of wish I had him in more. It was all just a case of, you know, what I had at the time. Maybe the middle infield spot was filled, but uh, Polanco, I certainly expected a big year from him. Man, five for five yesterday with a two-run homer. I mean, this guy is just crushing it this year. 344, 412 OBP, 649 slugging. He's got 22 runs scored, seven homers, 14 RBIs, and he's pretty much been hitting second in the lineup the entire year. And that was one of the other things. I, I love the Twins lineup going into the year. Love Max Kepler. Wrote a breakout article on him. Always love Nelson Cruz. Undervalued. Eddie Rosario, one of my favorite guys to get in that sixth, seventh round. Thought he would hit 30 home runs. Like Byron Buxton, even though he's hitting ninth. So there's a lot to like in this Twins lineup. But Polanco was just really taking it to another level. And uh, I don't think this is a fluke at all. Like, this is a guy I would not be selling on. I just wouldn't. I think he's going to continue this. You know, we saw in 2017, he had 13 homers, 13 steals over 133 games. And even last year, when he came back from the suspension, he had six homers, 42 RBIs, seven stolen bases in 77 games. He batted 288. So he makes good contact. We, we've seen the walk rate go up this year to 10.1%. So he's become more patient. I have him in my home league, which is OBP. He's got a 412 OBP. Uh, we haven't seen him run. That's the one thing that kind of has been missing, and I wonder if they are giving him the red light because the offense is so good, you know, with Nelson Cruz and Rosario behind him. Why do you need to run? He only has one stolen base attempt this year, so that's been the one missing part of his game because I did expect 10 to 12 stolen bases from him. Uh, we'll see if that continues, but we've played 34 games, one stolen base attempt. Uh, not a great sign there, but, you know, he could still get to 7-8 if he runs a little bit, but he's lofting the ball in the air a lot more. 52% fly ball rate, hard hit rate is up. So I don't think Polanco is a fluke. I remember a couple weeks ago on the message board, someone said he was available in leagues. And see, that's that's sometimes where you kind of don't know what the 10 and 12 team landscape is if you're not playing in it. Because like to me, Polanco was like an automatic own. So that's why it helps to kind of ask those questions on the message board. Because once I see a Polanco, I'm like, yes, get him now. He should not be on the waiver wire. So he just continues to to crush it right now. Brad Peacock, that was a guy that someone asked about on the message board the other day. They were like, oh, should I drop him for, I can't even remember who. And it's like, look, every pitcher is going to have a couple bad starts. And you can't just drop someone after one bad start. Peacock has shown the ability to pitch well as a starter. And I think one thing I did see a change that he went back to the windup yesterday. Obviously, it certainly helped, but 
you know, Peacock's pitched well. Uh, he's pitched better than the 4.30 ERA indicates. You know, he's got a 63.2% strand rate. That's unlucky. But the strikeouts and walks have been there. I mean, I guess the biggest concern for him is how much can his innings go up. And we say that with so many pitchers nowadays. It's like you can't get rid of all these guys that are on innings limits. You just kind of have to go with the flow and figure it out when it happens because many pitchers are not going to go past 150 this year. It's the nature of the game. It's changed. A lot of pitchers going five, six innings. Peacock threw 65 innings last year all out of the bullpen. He made one start. He had 132 in 2017, but he's a veteran, though, too. It's not like he's 24. He's 31, so I don't think they have to be too leery of the innings. Uh, I mean, I think he can go 130. I think they could double his innings. Uh, he's been around, so he had the really good start yesterday, striking out 12. You know, strikeout rate's 24.7%. Walk rate, 6.5%. Whip is at 1.09. So it's really kind of that one Awful start. Now, he is allowing more hard contact. But, again, hard contact's kind of up throughout baseball. So, I'm really not worried about that. Uh, but, you know, he definitely had the the slider working really well. The swings and misses are down. That's the one thing. But, I think mean, part of that could also be the shift to the rotation. He was at 13.5% swinging strike rate last year, which is a career high. But, again, when you're in the bullpen, you can max out for one inning. It's a little bit different where you got to pace yourself as a starter thinking you're going five, six innings. Uh, you're just not going to get as many swings and misses for the most part. But uh, Peacock really only had you know one awful start where he allowed seven runs and three and two-thirds against Minnesota. And look, that's a good team. Uh, they're going to get to a lot of solid pitchers this year. And then he had one bat mediocre start early in the year, five runs and five innings against Oakland. But for the most part, he's been good, and uh, that's why you kind of can't panic. Uh, Hunter Renfro has been on fire. And trust me, I have Hunter Renfro in two leagues, man. And it's just like, especially in a weekly league, you just don't know what to do with him because he's not playing every day. Now, he's hitting and showing power. He had the pinch hit grand slam the other day, and he had another home run yesterday. And he's got three homers in four games, so you got to think he's going to play. It's that they have that crowded outfield with Myers, Margot. And Margot made a couple really good catches uh, in this series against the Mets. He almost made a third spectacular one, but the ball popped out of his glove as he was coming down taking away uh, a home run. So he's not really been great hitting. I mean, ideally, I think you would want Myers, Reyes, and Renfro in the lineup every day, but it hurts the defense in center field. So Margot has been a beneficiary. Reyes has been hot. You're not sitting Myers, and it's been tough to sit Renfro lately. Now, he's only hitting 250, which is fine nowadays. It's not a, a killer. No, he just doesn't get on base. 296 OBP. So he hurts you in the OBP leagues. And I actually do have him in an OBP league, but I have a lot of guys that are really strong in that area. But Renfro's got nine homers, 19 RBIs, and even two stolen bases. And he had 26 homers in 117 games last year. That's why I thought you know, that there's potential for this guy to hit 40. But uh, I thought maybe the outfield would have been sorted out by the time the season started, but it doesn't seem to be that way. So it's going to be a little bit of a bumpy ride. There are going to be days Renfro sits. Maybe it's four or five days a week, but this guy is just crushing the ball, and he's got big-time power, so I think you kind of have to stay a little patient with him. Matt Strom with a good start yesterday for the Padres, and that's another guy that I liked going into the year. And it's kind of similar to the discussion we had with Paddock because with Strom, he's another guy that you have to worry about the innings with him. You know, he's 27 years old. Velocity is slightly down, but he's still been quite effective. He threw 61 in the third innings last year with the Padres and 14 in a third of the minors. So we're looking at 75 and two thirds. 2017, he 
He only threw 39 and two-thirds. So this is a guy that's had some injuries and hasn't really thrown much. He's up to 39 innings. Again, I think you could just have to ride it out with him. Uh, I mean, you could always look to trade him. I don't know if you're going to get a lot for him. But then again, there could be a team that just lost Paxton and Kluber and they're kind of desperate and they see Strom with a 3 ERA and a 1.10 whip and maybe they overpay. He hasn't walked anyone in 3.8% walk rate. I was expecting more strikeouts. He's only at 21.5%. Ideally, I'd like a little bit more, but uh, velocity is slightly down. And again, it could be coming uh, from the pen to the starting rotation. He's about around 91 with his fastball right now. uh, And the swings and misses are down a little bit, but he's been a fairly effective pitcher this year. So especially for a guy that you got late, I got him around 25 in Tout Wars 15-team mixed league draft. He's been solid. When we return, we'll talk more baseball. I'll be joined by Mike Florio, Fantrax.com. That's ahead right here, full-time fantasy. Game time decisions. There goes your perfect game, Yank, just for the record. <laughs> I see you pause, and I say, oh, sit the bike. Yank's talking shit during the break. Perfect game today. The fact that we've successfully called Mark Lawrence doesn't uh, constitute a parade here, Yank. Yank's one of these guys, Mark. He scores a touchdown. We're getting 15-yard 15, uh, 15 flag. Excessive celebration. He's got to act like he's been there before. Nothing like a rah-rah guy. He's doing a great job for you guys. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. And joining me now to talk some baseball, it is Mike Florio, Fantrax.com, a deserter of New York going out to the West Coast. Now he's an L.A. guy. Mike, what's up? Not much, Ronis. I know we, me and you always talk about softball, so I feel the need to tell you, you know, I, I had a, a two doubles in the home run last night. Yeah, really? Now, did you hit, did you hit the home run over the fence? There's, we don't have fences, so it's over the outfielder's head. Oh, okay. So he basically was playing very shallow, thinking like you suck, and you just hit like a little pop up over his head that bounced away from him because of the the grass. 
Is that what happened? No, he was he was playing kind of deep, but when I hit the ball, he did like run in initially, and then he realized that the ball was harder hit than he thought, and it was, he just had no chance at that point. So, do these guys out there think you're really good, and they're misled, thinking just because they're at a lower level than us here on the East Coast? <laughs> uh, I guess I no. I I mean I I hit cleanup last night. I was pretty hyped with my performance. Not gonna lie. Yeah, if you're hitting cleanup on that team, it's not that good. <laughs> I shouldn't be hitting cleanup. I'll tell you that much. I shouldn't be hitting like second. Okay. Well, look, it's it's good that you found a team out there. That's the biggest concern when you move somewhere. It's like, all right, am I going to find a softball team, especially when you play with one forever? At least for me, that's what I always worry about. But, you know, I came out to Jersey, was able to find a team, and uh, got a couple of teams now. So it's it's been pretty good so far, though. Last three games have been canceled due to rain or flooding of the field. Yeah, see, I don't have to worry about that out here. So, I, And what you said was 100% true. It was one of my concerns. But I do enjoy living out here that I don't have to worry. Because it would feel like every week I was worrying in New York if my game was going to get rained out. That is true. Uh, definitely is. I mean, especially early in the year in April. How are the fields there compared to the garbage that we played on in Queens and Brooklyn? They're a lot nicer because they're you're not getting they're not getting like beat up by weather all the time. At least the field that I play on is a lot nicer. We play under lights too, which I've never done before. It's it's very interesting uh, experience. Oh, you know, I used to play under the lights all the time. I used to play every Sunday night. I love playing under the lights. Obviously, some fields though they have the lights a little bit too low, and it's hard to see the ball. Uh, I guess that's something you have to get used to. But yeah, I loved playing at night. Yeah, I had, I've never played under the lights, and I've never played with, you know, like the greenish-yellow ball, the yeah. harder one? Mm-hmm. So those are two new adjustments for me. So fielding, my fielding hasn't been uh, as up to par as I would like it to be, but hitting, it's, uh, it's a lot more fun hitting with that ball, I'll tell you that. Yeah, in the league that I played with you, we used a clincher. That's a softball, so I've played with that before, but most of the leagues I play and use the harder ball in. Oh, for a hitter, you love it because it goes further, uh, and obviously you get good line drives. So, uh, But we got to talk baseball right now. And, <laughs> man, you know, you Darvish was someone that burned me last year. And I've always said this. Like, I don't allow that to prevent me from drafting a player the next year. Like, I had him in the NFBC auction last year. He was the guy I spent up on. And if he only did – if he had a decent season for half the year, just was decent – I probably would have won the league because uh, I was in first place going to September. But he gave me nothing, and you hold on to him. But I still couldn't draft him this year. I know he started to move up a little bit late in the draft process because the velocity was back in the spring. But, you know, today's an example, all right? I have the game on TV. I'm not paying close attention. But he is so frustrating to watch. How do you not throw strikes? He's thrown three scoreless innings, which is great, no hits. He's walked four guys and struck out six. He's got 69 pitches through three innings against the Marlins. If you can't go out there and throw seven, eight innings against the Marlins, how are we going to trust you going forward? Yeah, I don't. It's very difficult to trust him right now. I am like you. I don't have any shares of him. Not saying I was actively avoiding him, but there was typically pitchers that I had ranked higher than him were in the range he was going guys like i always go like to like the rich hills of the world you know like guys like that i know you darvish was falling he's a little bit lower than him but there was just a lot of pitchers that i was targeting over you darvish but 
A similar pitcher that I have a ton of shares of is the guy he's facing today in Trevor Richards. And I think Trevor Richards has really good stuff. He's getting way more swings and misses than he did last year, but he just cannot throw strikes, and he falls behind batters. He's putting guys on base, and it just leads to, to you know, it, it's it's very frustrating. So while a lot of people are experiencing this struggle with you, Darvish, I'm more on the, the Trevor Richards side of things, but any pitcher that is pitching like this with this poor command, it's just very difficult to trust them in fantasy right now. Yeah, I'm dealing with the same thing with Aaron Sanchez, and that was a guy that I got round 23, 24, 25. And if you watch him pitch, he's got good stuff. He's got movement, but every game he's walking guys left and right, and he had a decent outing his last one. But it's hard to continue to have success when you got a 14, 15% walk rate, and that's the case with Sanchez right now. Yeah, and another pitcher, not to just keep spewing out pitchers who are struggling with this, but one that I have – heavily invested in and i know it's the results have not been nearly as bad as those guys but talk about a a high walk rate trevor bauer man feels like every outing he's walking like four five six batters and i know he gets a ton of strikeouts but i to me it really feels like batters know his pitches have so much movement that they don't really have a chance that they're just kind of like anything that might have movement on it like they're laying off of and i don't know what if that's exactly the case with trevor bauer it just feels that way but those high walk rates, man, they're killing your whip. Yeah, I think of all the pitchers, obviously, Bauer is one that can get away with it. And he is a guy that, I don't want to jinx him, but seems pretty durable. And he does have these outings with uh, high pitch counts. And uh, that was the one thing throughout his career that has kind of really hurt him until last year is the walk rate was always high. And he managed to get it down last year. But, yeah, it is back to a higher level this year. Uh, I still would want him on my fantasy team, though. I actually – yeah. I don't think I have him outside of maybe a, a, a draft Champions League. Not that I didn't want him. I just, he didn't fall in the right spot for where I wanted to get him. Like I was, so I was going to take him in actually the GST League, which if I'm not mistaken, are you part of that or you're not? You are, right? I am. Yes. Yeah. You're saying that because the team's doing well. If they were in last. We're the like, team that's right there with you. Right. I think, I think I'm still in first, right? I didn't check today. As of last night, you were, yes. Okay, yeah, and you guys are right there. So in that league, I was like, okay, I'm going to get Trevor Bauer. I had the three pick. I think you guys had the four. So I took Christian Yelich third. I'm like, all right, I'm going to come back with Trevor Bauer. And I'm watching the draft happen. I'm like, okay, Bauer's falling. But Freddie Freeman was there. I'm like, ah, I'm going to take Freddie Freeman. And I knew Bauer wouldn't make it back. And the same thing happened in Tout Wars. I had the second pick, went with Mookie Betts. And the draft's flowing. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get Bauer. And Francisco Lindor fell. I'm like, I cannot pass up Francisco Lindor at 29. So two instances where I thought I was getting Trevor Bauer, but a player dropped, and I'm like, I can't. So that, that's what happened, and that's why I'm sure you get this too. People always ask advice. Oh, what should I do with my first three picks? You can have a plan, but you've got to be flexible, and this goes for fantasy football too. You don't know what's going to be thrown your way in the draft, and that's two instances I thought I was getting back, but to me there were better offensive players on the board that I had to get. And, and it's funny you bring up the GST draft because in the second round, I was like, let's take Trevor Bauer because he was my SP5 heading into the season. I was very, very bullish on him. But then Giancarlo Stanton was there, and we were like, all right. I know it hasn't worked out with Stanton. He got hurt. But at that point in time in the draft, me, Frank, and Greg were all like, all right, it's too hard to, to pass up on Stanton. We were hopeful that maybe one of the aces would fall back to us. I know – uh Bauer went right before you, and then you got Syndergaard, so we were kind of left uh, without a, an ace pitcher in that league. But 
we were in a similar position as you were where we felt like the offensive player was too good to pass up. But I still do have a couple shares of Bauer, and I I do expect better results from him. I know he's been giving me plenty of strikeouts, but, man, I want that Walkers to get back to what it was last year. Talking to Mike Florio, you can find on Fantrax.com. And you mentioned Richards and some of those Marlins pitchers. We know that they have good pitching, but the wins are going to be tough to come by. I mean, Caleb Smith's been great. He has three wins. Pablo Lopez has been better than the number show. I mean, how much exposure can you have to Marlins pitchers knowing that the wins are going to be difficult to come by? Yeah, like Richards and, and Alcantara, I was very high on Richards coming into the year, but I understand that it's very frustrated to own him right now. I would say the same thing with Alcantara, but... but Pablo Lopez is a, is a pitcher that I've seen drop and I've picked up in a number of spots. I know the wins aren't going to be there, but the ratios and, and all the underlying numbers say that this guy is going to become a stud. And Caleb Smith, I would want 100% exposure to right now. I think Caleb Smith is an ace. He has the highest chase rate in all of baseball. He's one of uh, the third highest strikeout rate right now. He's second highest swing. I'm actually writing an article right now for Fantrax about, like, this next crop of young aces and Caleb Smith is leading it off because Caleb Smith is doing everything awesome right now. Yeah, he really is. And, you know, the thing is, if you don't have him in season long, you can use him in DFS, uh, especially on sites where the wind's not as important because those Ks are there. I mean, he's got one of the highest strikeout rates and he's been really impressive so far. Uh, you mentioned Giancarlo Stanton is a guy that you have in that league. You know, how worried are you about him right now? It's a biceps, it's a shoulder, and he's limited to T and soft toss work. I mean, uh, this is not the progress you want to see. No, I'm I'm getting worried. I expected him to be returning soon. I know the initial, when he first got hurt, it was like, oh, mid-May. Well, you know, we're a week away from it being mid-May, and he's nowhere close to returning. So, yeah, I am getting concerned about Stanton. And I do ultimately, I do think that when he ultimately returns, Throw him in your lineup, he's going to be Giancarlo Stanton. But if you have him right now, I don't see any way you, you cannot be worried and you, and you can feel good about it because he's supposed to be returning right now and he's not that close. How about Joey Votto? Is it time to panic a little bit on him? Is this just a slow start? Is this the beginning of a decline? Because Votto's coming off a year where he didn't show much power and hasn't been a good start for Votto so far this year. Yeah, I think the eye is still there with Votto, but I think a lot of the physical tools are starting to, to fail him. He's getting up there in age, and I wouldn't, if it was just, you know, he had a normal year last year, and this year it was a bad six weeks, I wouldn't be worried, but you put the bad start with the down year from last year, and I think there's no way that you cannot be worried, and I'm sure you get a bunch, I get a ton of questions almost every day, like, can I drop Votto for this guy? Can I drop Votto for this guy? And a couple weeks ago I was saying, no, you got to give Votto longer. But now, you know, if, if someone can drop him for, like, a Josh Bell, if he's still out there, which I'm doubting he is. But, like, I know Bell was a big name I was getting questions about and Hunter Dozier and those corner infielders that had blossoms are early. If any of those guys are still out there, I would be okay making that move. Yeah, I did get a question on our site about staying, uh, should they stick with Jesus Aguiar, but it was a 10-team league, and Josh Bell was out there. I was like, no, in a 10-team league with Aguiar, you don't have to be patient. I mean, I know he's come around a little bit, but – He's not, it doesn't seem like he's going to get every day at bats. And Josh Bell is, and he's hitting cleanup. So, like, that's a spot where, yeah, you can make the change. Uh, I know Aguiar is a guy, I think you were preaching patience on when we talked about you as a change with him. It's, 
it's getting frustrating because he started to hit, and I was a, the, a mindset that once he started to hit, they were going to, you know, start to give him those everyday at-bats again, and it just hasn't. And I get it, Eric Danes is playing well also, but to me, with what Aguilar did over the course of a full season last year, if you just completely pull the plug on him and only play him against lefties this early in the year, I think that's a mistake. Brandon Woodruff with a really good start yesterday. He only has a 4-2-5 ERA, but that strikeout-to-walk ratio is looking pretty good. He's throwing the mid-90s. Is is he someone that you're high on for the rest of the year? Yeah, I like all the Brewers' young pitchers. I know, the especially early on, the results hadn't been there, but the stuff is... Uh, Peralta is the one I'm least highest on because he only throws two pitches. But I think Woodruff right now you have to be on. The, the results are there. We're seeing the strikeouts. We're seeing the c- good command. Anytime I see that, I tend to believe that the ERA will follow. If he's making those pitches and, and getting those strikeouts, it's going to lead to success. So uh, I, I am in on Woodruff. And I, I like the young Brewers pitchers, maybe not this year, but I think in years to come they're going to be very effective for fantasy. How about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. struggling? I don't know if you have him anywhere, but I think people are going to start to get impatient with him. What advice do you give to Vlad Jr. owners? I don't own him anywhere just because the the cost was so like high in draft season that it was just too rich for my blood. But I, you just got to be patient, man. It's it, it's not even a full two weeks yet. I was upset. I was at the Angels game, Angels Blue Jays game last week, and they sat him. So I was pretty upset I didn't get to see him play. I thought maybe they'd pinch hit him in the ninth, but they didn't. But it, it's not even a full two weeks, man. Just be patient. And if any Vlad owner is panicking, yeah, try to acquire him right now for cheap because I, I still think this guy is going to absolutely match once he, he gets adjusted and heats up. Talking to Mike Florio from Fantrax.com, uh, who do you think winds up closing here for the Cubs? If you had to do a pecking order, who would you put uh, highest? I would put Steve Ciszek the highest. Uh, he's been – I wrote about this on my Patreon page the other day. Uh, as of a couple of days ago, he was outside of, you know, like Pedro Strope. He was pitching effectively in that Cubs bullpen. He had one of the uh, the saves for the Cubs. Plus, he has closer experience. And I know sometimes, like, fantasy uh, players like to scoff at that at times, but it matters to managers. So, especially Joe Madden, who's been kind of weird with the closer role there, he, like – with Morrow Hurt, he wouldn't name a full-time closer, even though we all knew it was Stroke. So I think he's going to go with the, the the veteran who has the closing experience in Steve Zizek for, for the time being, at least. Does Mac Williamson have fantasy value now? I think so. I don't. The Giants, I think, are going to play him every day. And he was a player that we got excited for last year. The concussions kind of derailed him. But I think that... He, he certainly has potential. Of all the Giants, you know, outfielders, he has the highest ceiling, I would say. So I'm cool with taking a flyer on him when Fab runs this weekend if he's still out there. And then uh, you've got to see what he does with the opportunity. But I believe the Giants are going to give him every opportunity because why wouldn't they? Yeah, and he was hitting well last year before the concussion. So, you know, especially in 15-team leagues where there's not much out there, he's going to be one of the pickups this weekend. Uh, if you were to have a race with Frank Stample, who would win? Oh, uh, I'd probably say Frank at this point in our lives. What, what does that mean? You get, is, are you seven years older than him or something at this point in our no. lives? What does that mean? No, aren't you guys, uh, like, aren't you guys twins? 
We're, we're the same age. My I, I have some knee issues going on, though. That oh, knee, you do? I don't think he has anything like that. So. Oh, so you you got knee issues. What are you doing on the side? <laughs> Playing softball, man. I, they, I played third base for this team out here, man. It's it's, uh, it's a lot of wear and tear, you know? Is it? What do you play? <laughs> one, ga- one game a week? Two games a week? Right now it's one. I'm trying to up it to more. One game a week and you got knee issues at 25, 26, however old you are? Come on, bro. I play three. Be 28. You, or I play three it's games not, a week. I'm 41. It's not from it's not from softball that I have knee issues. Though. Oh, yeah, I knew it. Damn, LA has changed <laughs> you, huh? I don't know what's going on in your nightlife out there. All right. Well, I guess I guess people can find you at fantracks.com when you're not busy hurting your knees and whatever you do you outside go. of softball, right? There you all right, go. Mike. That's exactly. <laughs> Always good talking to you. Take care of them knees, all right? Thank you. I'll go ice them right now. Yeah, do that. All right. That is Mike Florio. Find him at Fantrax.com. When we return, it's time to wrap up the show. We'll take a look at some of the updates in the afternoon games and get you some lineups for tonight's action. That is ahead right here. Full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Morning after. Uber lifts strike. They want livable incomes, job security, and regulated fares. That's what they're fighting for. There's a guy. Join us in solidarity by not taking a Lyft or Uber for 24 hours. Mm. But you get bent. It's like the movie Do the Right Thing. You remember the movie? The old guy's like, boycott Sal's. He's like, damn, I'm about to go get a slice of right now. Let's get the hell out of my way. (laughs) Get your boycott over here. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Back here, it is full-time fantasy at Aronis solo today here until 4 p.m. Eastern as we are each and every weekday. You can catch us live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. If not, you can check it on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, look for full-time fantasy, hit subscribe, and you'll be notified when a new episode is uploaded. You can catch all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Got a look at the MLB stock watch, players with the stock up, stock down, what you should do, buy low, sell, hold. 
Check that out. We got the closer report, depth chart, and bullpen updates from Sean Childs. And Dynasty profiles of Damian Harris, Nikhil Harry, more to come. Lots of football content as well. Getting you set for the draft, which is right around the corner for your fantasy football drafts. And start to do them best ball drafts now. It's always good to get prepped and started early so you're ahead of everyone else. Catch Gambling Addicts, Red Heat and Rage, Gabe Morenzi and Cam Stewart on Game Time Decisions. Coming up next at 4 p.m. Eastern weekdays right here on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network as they bitch and moan about their previous night's bad beats and let you know who their money is on for all the upcoming games. And they bet on all of them. You can also watch the broadcast on YouTube and participate in the chat room or watch it on Periscope, Twitch.tv, or countless of other popular OTT platforms. Become part of the show. Tune in for the entertainment, the knowledge of the extra money they'll put in your pockets. It's Game Time Decisions weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern. Certainly a crazy night in the NBA last night as Kevin Durant had to leave with an injury against the Rockets. Everyone initially thought that it was an Achilles tear because we've kind of seen that reaction, and that's what he went to grab. They're saying it's a calf injury right now. He has been ruled out for Game 6. The Warriors were able to hold on and beat the Rockets as Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green all coming through. Remember, they have won without Durant before, and it does kind of change the way they play, but really thought Houston needed that game. With Durant going down, they were down 20. They came back. Uh, so I had the Rockets getting six last night, and they did cover, losing by five. But uh, now we'll see. This is kind of the opposite of last year where the Rockets had the 3-2 lead, but they didn't have Chris Paul for game six and seven and lost. And now uh, the Warriors will be without Karen Durant. But they still have Curry. They still have Thompson. They still have Green. It might be difficult to win the title without Durant. I think in this series, the matchup, uh, they can get it done. Rockets really don't play big. They basically had a, 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 some minutes last night where they had all guards on the floor. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see exactly what the extent of the injury is for Durant, how long he'll miss. But he has been ruled out for tomorrow night's game six tonight. We have two game sixes, Sixers at home. Toronto looks to end that series. They're up three to two. And Portland looks to extend the series. They're down three to their home tonight against Denver. So hopefully we get two good games because we had uh, one awful game last night with Boston. And obviously they're getting a lot of criticism today. And you can understand why. Look, the chemistry was not there all year. It looks like Kyrie Irving is gone. I do think this is a case, though, the Bucks are just a better team. But you just didn't like some of the effort that you saw from Boston, especially the last couple games. And then a lot of people thought after game one that it was over. I mean, Paul Pierce said that the series was over after game one when Boston won. But as I said, I think that was the smack in the face that the Bucks needed. They just dominated that first round. They were not challenged by Detroit. And uh, it woke them up big time as uh, they just – uh, with a more dominant team, Giannis was tough to stop and got some uh, good contributions from the rest of the team. So uh, certainly everyone keeping their eye on the Durant injury, especially Knicks fans. That would be the Knicks luck, right, if this guy really did have an Achilles tear because pretty much everyone thinks he's coming there. If you look at Vegas, they certainly think the Knicks are definitely getting some superstars. They are actually 16-1 to favorites to win the NBA title next year uh, after such a hard year, but... We know there's some big-name free agents out there, including Durant. So going to be interesting to see how the NBA playoffs play out, especially if Durant has to miss an extended period of time. Let's look at the action from this afternoon. The Angels lead the Tigers 8-0 in the top of the seventh. 
Tommy LaStella is in his second home run of the game. Oh, man, I did not want to drop this guy last week. But as I said, I if I didn't drop him and I went with him and he missed the week, I would have been in trouble because I had no one on my bench that I could put in his place with all the injuries. Uh, do get Austin Meadows back, though, in that league tomorrow. It looks like all signs are pointing to Austin Meadows being back tomorrow. So at least that helps. But Tommy LaStella, man, has shown some really good power this year. Kind of out of nowhere, and I think it might stick. I mean, I would definitely roster him for sure. Uh, but Listella with two home runs today, uh, two for three he, uh, with the three RBIs. He's hitting 250 in the air, hitting last in the order today, but he's getting it done. The Angels just extended that lead to 9 nothing. Mike Trout with a sack fly. Pools is homered. Cole Calhoun is homered. So uh, the Angels really putting up some runs against the Tigers today. Albert Pools, uh, that was his 2,000th career RBI. Felix Pena, he had the opener in front of him today with Bard. Pena's been really good. Five scoreless hittings, one hit, no walk, seven strikeouts. That ERA at 3-4-1 on the season. So uh, he's definitely someone you could look at. He's got that really good uh, slider and changed. Uh, not much going on for Detroit today. They've been quiet offensively as they trail 9 nothing in the seventh inning. The Indians in a rain delay right now uh, in the top of the sixth. Uh, the Indians lead this game 5 to nothing. Uh, Manny Banuelos, awful day for him. Five walks, eight hits, five earned runs, five Ks. His ERA is up to 6.67 on the season. For Cleveland, Francisco Lindor is one for three with an RBI. Jordan Luplo has two home runs and two RBIs. Jake Bowers has walked twice, has a hit, and scored two runs. Carlos Carrasco was cruising, and you have to wonder... Uh, if he does come back, depending on how long the rain delay is, at least on the bright side, he did go five innings, and he is in line for the win if they could hold on. Five innings, two hits, no walks, 6K, 63 pitches, 45 for strikes. So he was cruising along in this game. Uh, then the rains came. As I mentioned, you Darvish, man. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, this is the Marlins. This is one of the worst teams in baseball. And you, Darvish, is laboring in the fourth inning. He's in the top of the fourth inning. He has thrown over 90 pitches. He just got the last out of the fourth inning. I feel sure. He's thrown 97 pitches through four innings against the Marlins. Are you kidding me? He's walked six Marlins in four innings and seven strikeouts. 5.45 ERA. His whip must be 1,000 by now. I mean, I, I don't understand how you can run Darvish out there. Like, this is over a month now that he continues to walk, guys. And I wrote more about him today on the uh, FullTimeFantasy.com part of the stock watch. But, man, I, I, I don't even like watching him pitch. Like, it just sucks to sit there and watch a guy who just can't find the strike zone. And that's you, Darvish, right now. And I don't even own him. <laughs> you know, it sounds like an angry owner who's pissed off. I don't own him. He burned me last year, and that's not why I went back to him. It's just there were pitchers in that range I like better. I don't even remember where I ranked them. Probably around 40, 45, but I like Tyler Glass now better, Bieber, Eduardo Rodriguez. It was just so many guys that I like better. Even Hinged Ryu, who I know might only throw 120 innings, he's better. Like I don't understand with Darvish what how you can continue to run him out there. It's insane. I mean, that whip is just brutal. He cannot find the strike zone, and those pitchers are the worst because 
If you look at all the underlying numbers, the velocity's there. He gets swings and misses. He doesn't allow a lot of hard contact. He can't find the strike zone. Same thing with Aaron Sanchez, and I do own Aaron Sanchez. Another guy, throw strikes. Your stuff is good. It's it's crazy, and you got to think a pitching coach has got to figure this out. But, I mean, if you, if you can't go out there, I, I was saying if you can't get six innings against the Marlins, it's a problem. This guy's thrown 97 pitches through four innings against the Marlins. So, yeah, the Ks are great, but he's killing your whip. His whip is almost two against the Marlins through four innings. So, another rough day for you, uh, Darvish. And, again, I don't own him. Uh, so, Herrera just had an RBI single to bring the team within 2-1. Chris Bryant has homered for the Cubs. Uh, he is really heating up. Uh, it looked like for a while, you know, you started to wonder, you know, is that shoulder a problem? Because I had Chris Bryant last year. It was rough. We knew that the shoulder was an issue, and he didn't have – any surgery in the offseason. So you start to wonder, is the shoulder still a problem? But clearly it's not. We know when Chris Bryant's healthy, he's an elite power hitter. I mean, this is a guy that you think should be able to hit 40 home runs. And uh, I did not get him anywhere this year. I did like where he was going. I was hoping to get a share or two, like late third round, early fourth. But it just did not work out. But uh, he has definitely turned his season around uh, up to 250 with the average 386 OBP. Now seven homers, 24 RBIs on the season as the Cubs lead 2-1, to one, but they're going to have to go to that bullpen pretty early today. The Rockies, they are playing at Coors Field. The weather's not great. Uh, it is the bottom of the second inning. The Rockies lead this game 3 to nothing. Derek Holland off the injured list was supposed to go yesterday. Game rained out. Uh, he is not pitching well so far. Four hits, three runs, two walks, and two home runs in the first inning for Derek Holland. For the Rockies, Nolan Arenado, he went yard. That's his 10th homer of the year. He's got 29 RBIs. Remember when he was in a slow start, people worried. Here's the other thing, too. And I mentioned this two weeks ago. The Rockies have played a lot of road games this year. They're going to get a lot of home games at. I think Arenado, I think eight of his 10 home runs are on the road. They haven't even played many home games yet. So you're going to be feeling really good about a lot of your Rockies upcoming. Mark Reynolds also homered as uh, Daniel Murphy gets the day off against the lefty. Uh, Tappy is in the lineup. He's one for one. Look, when he plays, he's been good. David Dahl sitting today against the lefties, so uh, they're trying to find ways to get Tapia in that lineup. Kyle Freeland's on the mound for the Rockies. He has not been good this year, but cold weather, the Giants' offense should lead to success. So far, he's been fine. Two innings, one hit, one walk, one strikeout, 38 pitches through two innings for Freeland, but always tough to pitch him at home, even though he did have success last year at home. Uh, game just underway. The Reds lead the A's 2-0 after one inning. This guy, Derek Dietrich, won't go away. Another home run. That's his 10th of the year. He's the DH today. Man, uh, I did put in some bids for him this weekend, but they were low because I just wasn't sure what the playing time is. Remember, they're in a American League Park today. Uh, I don't know where they're going to play him. I mean, Jose Peraza owners have to worry a little bit because... He hasn't been great. He's been better lately, though, and he actually drew a couple walks yesterday. Uh, it was something he usually doesn't do. He did attempt to steal, got caught stealing. You know, I still think there's hope for him just because he had such a good second half last year, and he's got some pop, got some speed, but you have to worry about the at-bats. Remember, Jesse Winker's out of the lineup today with the quad injury, uh, and if Dietrich continues to hit like this, especially for an offense that's struggling, they're going to find a way to get him in the lineup. He also could play a little outfield. They got Van Meter in left field today. So you got to really keep an eye here on the Reds and what they're doing. But, man, Dietrich just smashing this year. 10 home runs, 24 RBIs. Tanner Roark on the mound for the Reds this afternoon. And Chris Bassett, 
who has pitched well so far, but uh, not a good start for him today so far. Inning three, it's two runs, no walks, one K. He's only needed 14 pitches, though, and I do have Bassett uh, in a league or two. I think I have him in TGFBI in the lineup this week, so hopefully he can turn it around and uh, start to pitch a little bit better. Let's take a look at some of the lineups for the slate later on today. Not as many games here on Thursday with several teams off. The Mariners in New York to take on the Yankees. Mike Leak against Jay Happ for the Mariners. D. Gordon leads it off at second base. Mitch Hattigers in right field hitting second. Edwin Encarnacion at first base hitting third. Domingo Santana in left field hitting cleanup. Ryan Healy at third base hitting fifth. Tim Beckham at shortstop hitting sixth. Dan Vogelbach, who has struggled after that hot start. But I mean, I think we kind of knew that. He wasn't going to continue at the pace he was. But you want to see a little bit more consistency out of him so he doesn't lose that batch. Jay Bruce out of the lineup today gets lefty. Vogelbach is in there, though. As the DH, Tom Murphy, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Braden Bishop in center field, hitting ninth. For the Yankees, uh, by the way, Aaron Hicks is scheduled to be back with the Yankees uh, on Monday. It's looking like uh, he is on a rehab assignment. Has not been great uh, from the last stats that I saw. Um, but uh, he is scheduled to return to the Yankees roster on Monday. He's going to play uh, uh, next three games at AAA. Uh, he's been at high A, so uh, he is scheduled to be back on Monday. Uh, the Mets, they have finally placed Steven Matz on the 10-day injury list. I don't know why they didn't do this to begin with. Like, you were playing short a man for a few days. It's just typical Mets, man. You know, he had the cortisone shot earlier this week, and they still hope that he only has to miss one more start. But he was placed on the injury list retroactive to May 5th. Uh, and the Mets did recall Dominic Smith from AAA. He was sent back to uh the lineup uh, to a triple a last week uh aaron judge still not clear for baseball activities either they're saying he's making improvements every day uh but remember this was originally like a six to eight weeks timetable so you're probably looking at you hope early june but it could be mid-june and uh, we knew it was a severe injury as soon as it happened for the yankees today dj lemay was at first base leading off gary sanchez at second a catcher hitting second brett gardner in center field hitting third clint frazier the dh hitting cleanup Glaber Torres at shortstop hitting fifth. Miguel Andujar is at third base today. He's been DHing a lot, but they put him at third. Mike Talkman in left field hitting seventh. Cameron Mabin in right field hitting eighth. And Thyro Estrada at second base hitting ninth. Luke Voigt getting the night off. The Pirates are in St. Louis to take on the Cardinals. It'll be Joe Musgrove against Michael Waka for the Pirates. Adam Frazier leading off at second base. Starling Martez in center field batting second. Gregory Polanco in right field hitting third. Josh Bell at first hitting cleanup. Melky Cabrera is off to a nice start this year. He's in left field hitting fifth. Francisco Cervelli, the catcher, hitting sixth. Colin Moran at third base hitting seventh. Cole Tucker at shortstop hitting eighth. And Joe Musgrove on the mound hitting ninth tonight for the Pirates. The Rangers are in Houston to take on the Astros at 8.10 p.m. Eastern. It'll be Mike Miner against Wade Miley. Mike Miner's pitched very well this year but definitely has a challenge today against that Astros lineup. The Braves are in Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks. Mike Soroka, who's been excellent this year, and I think we all knew he was going to be good. It was just a matter of he didn't start the year on the team. So that was a guy that people went and spent fab money on, and so far it has been a very productive return, and I expect it to be. They might watch his innings, and you do have to worry a little bit about the shoulder, but when he's on the mound, he's going to be really good. Luke Weaver's on the mound for the Diamondbacks. He's obviously pitched very well this year. That change of scenery certainly helping him. And the Nationals, they're in L.A. to take on the Dodgers. Nationals just playing awful baseball right now. They are 14-22. and 22. I thought this team was going to be good. They've obviously had a lot of injuries, and their bullpen has been 
atrocious. It's been a, uh, one of the big problems for them, but uh, this has just been you know one of the worst teams in baseball at this point. But uh, Patrick Corbin goes to the mound tonight. He's been really good. Rich Hill takes the mound for the Dodgers. Just a matter of time before Rich Hill lands on the injury list again. I think we all know that. Uh, when he has been on the mound, he's been pretty good. But even though he was one of those guys, and there are a couple others in the Dodger rotation, I was taking Ryu, Maeda, Stripling, those guys. I did not take Rich Hill. Just knew that there was more of a penchant for him getting hurt compared to uh, some of those other guys in that Dodger rotation. So uh, not a heavy slate tonight in baseball, but we still have some good games nonetheless and uh, several games going on right now in baseball as uh, we'll see if you Darvish can get past the fifth inning for the Cubs and get that potential win, but he's really struggled to be efficient. Uh, if you're ready to draft, head on over to playffwc.com. We got orphan teams that you can take over. Look at the Dynasty teams. There's some good ones. You can take it over. We got startup drafts for Dynasty and best ball drafts, online championship slow drafts. You can check out my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Become a member today. Ask your questions on the message board forums when you want. I'll be back Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.